My name is Jeremy. I'm the director of youth and young adults at Cedar Hills, and we are glad that you are with us today. As we get started, I want you to discuss with your neighbor how you know that they are actually here or not, or just maybe they're a figment of your imagination. Figure it out. Go ahead. Talk to your neighbor. All right. I hope you guys have figured out that, that your neighbor is actually here because uh, hopefully you're not the only one in this room and the rest of us are just your imagination. But if we are just your imagination, could you imagine me about 20 pounds lighter? That would really help. All right. Today, we uh, have just come off one of the highlights of the Christian year, right? Easter, the risen Savior. And today, the momentum is going to continue. We're going to talk about the living Christ. But as we read through Scripture, we're going to see that not everybody uh, believed right away. His followers doubted. There were a lot of doubts. And maybe you come in today with doubts of your own. Doubting that Jesus really did rise from the dead. Doubting who God is. And my hope today is as we look through eyewitness accounts of Jesus being alive, that those doubts will go away. Today we are going to see many different occasions of Jesus appearing to people He actually said around 500 people saw and experienced Jesus after he rose from the dead. But before we get into that, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, today may we hear you in your word. May we see you at the table. And may we experience you through this time of worship pray this in your heavenly name. Amen. We will be reading from Luke 24 today. So if you'd like to join me in Luke 24, verse 35. I'll be reading out of the NLT this morning. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost, because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate it as they watched. Then he said, When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. This message is, there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with the power from heaven. 
Today we are going to hear how people saw Jesus, how they heard Jesus, and how they touched Jesus. And just so you know that you're not here all by yourself, I want you to look again to your neighbor. They still have the same clothes on as they did earlier when you saw them? Same hairstyle, same goofy smile? All right, good, good. So, so we're getting it. We can see and believe what is around us. Now, we start here in Luke 24, and we read in verse 39, Jesus says, Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. And then verse 40, he says, As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate it as they watched. Not too many ghosts can eat fish and make it look natural. Jesus is saying, okay, you don't believe my hands, you don't believe my feet, I'm going to eat food in front of you. And just to make sure you know that I am here, that I am alive. Now we see this earlier in Luke 24, if you flip back a couple verses, that there were two men walking on the road to Emmaus. And on the road to Emmaus, Jesus came beside them, and they did not recognize him at first. But then... In verse 30, it says, As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. I don't know what it was that helped them recognize Jesus in that moment. Maybe it was as he broke the bread and he blessed it, as they had seen him do so many times before. Or maybe it was as he handed them the bread. They saw the nails in his hands. But whatever it was, they saw with their very eyes that Jesus was alive. And they believed. Church, have you seen Jesus? Do you believe he's alive? Now, as Kyle said earlier, sometimes our eyes can play tricks on us, right? In John chapter 20, we hear Mary's account of meeting Jesus. She had run to the tomb. The tomb was empty. And it says this in verse 14 of chapter 20 of of the book of John. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Experiencing Jesus is more than just seeing Experiencing Jesus can also come by hearing. Turn to your neighbor real quick. Introduce yourself. Hi, my name is. All right, did you guys hear that? All right, perfect. So we've not just seen our neighbor, we've now actually heard them say some words that didn't sound like our own words, right? They actually sounded like their voice. You could tell the difference. Listen to what Mary says. In this instance, after she had visually seen Jesus but didn't recognize him, Jesus said, Dear woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him. I will go and get him. 
I love this verse. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. She knew Jesus was alive when she heard him say her name. She had, she had heard him say her name so many times. And in that moment, she heard the loving voice of Jesus say her name one more time. And she believed. She heard what he had to say back in Luke 24 when he's with the disciples. In verse 44, it says, Then he said, When I was with you before, I told you that everything written in, about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. Again, as he spoke, as they heard the testimony of what was to come and what had to happen to the Messiah, their mind was open to the truth and they believed. They not only saw him, but they heard him. Church, have you heard Jesus? Do you believe that he's alive? It's not only hearing, it's not only seeing, but it's touching. Now, Look over the person next to you. If their eyes are closed, give them a little pinch. If not, go ahead and shake their hand. All right, good. Everyone is now awake, and we have seen, we have heard, and we have touched. So I hope you can go out from the service and, with faith, be able to tell people that there was at least one other person around you in the service today. Because you have experienced them. In Luke 24, in verse 39, again, it says, Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost, because ghosts don't have bodies, as you see that I do. Thomas was not with the disciples at this time. And this is Thomas's declaration when he heard from the disciples that Jesus was alive. In John chapter 20, it says, he replied, I will not believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands and put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand in the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Thomas exclaimed, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, You believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing. Thomas believed because he touched the nail holes in the pierced side. Now, we can't physically touch Jesus today, but we can feel Jesus. A couple weeks ago, I had a, a panic attack, an anxiety attack. I don't know if any of you have ever dealt with anxiety in your life, but 
when you do, this is like the worst experience I've ever had. My, my heart was beating out of my chest. I could hardly breathe. And thoughts, those anxious thoughts just replayed themselves in my mind. And, and it, for an hour, it progressively got worse and worse and worse. And I was at the point of something had to give because my, my body just couldn't handle the anxiety that was on it. And I shouted out to God. God, help me. And in a moment, peace spread over my body. My heart rate dropped. My breathing back to normal. And those thoughts were far away. And I had never thought of them again. And I tell you that because in that moment, I felt Jesus. There is no other explanation for it to be gone in an instant than by the power of of Jesus Christ, and that he is alive. Church, have you ever felt Jesus? Do you believe he is alive? All of these things, seeing, hearing, feeling, they're all experiences of Jesus. And today I pray that you've experienced him. I pray that you've heard him. Through his word, I witnessed testimony of people who physically touched him, people who physically heard him, people who physically saw him, and they are proclaiming he is the Lord. Today, I pray that we see him. We see him at the table. Bread is his body given for us. The cup is his blood shed for us. This table reminds us of so many things and it shows us that he is not only alive, but why he had to die. He died because we sin. He he died because there is a punishment for our sin. Is that separation from God? And because of our sin, his body was given and his blood was shed on the cross. But it doesn't end there. This table proclaims that he is alive. And we can see that as we take communion this morning. I pray that you will see that Jesus is alive. It is my hope that through worship that you have felt the presence of Jesus in your life. And if you came in here with doubts, I pray that you will believe the 500 eyewitnesses of the time and that you will believe the eyewitnesses of now who have seen, heard, and felt the presence of a risen, living Christ. Because he is alive, church. And what I love is what happens to the people when they experience the risen Christ. Mary says, Rabboni, teacher, and then clings to the feet of Jesus. And he says, no, go back and tell the disciples. And when she sees the disciples, her proclamation is, I have seen the Lord. Thomas's proclamation, my Lord and my God. The two men on the road to Emmaus, we have been 
talking about this road for all of Lent. We've been talking about the road of suffering that Jesus walked in and the suffering that we go through. And then last week we were talking about this road of hope and reconciliation. And then these men on the road to Emmaus, they experience Jesus and they don't fall asleep for the night. No, they come running back. And they run, and they get to the disciples, and they say, We have seen the risen Lord. It makes a difference when you experience Jesus. Jesus actually gives the disciples a job. He says, This is what's going to happen because you are my eyewitnesses. In Luke 24, verse 47 It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. This is the message. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. And that message is still the same message that God is asking us to proclaim today. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. And it is my prayer That we go out today changed, knowing that Jesus is alive. I hope the word of God today was not met with a, yeah, I've heard it before, kind of attitude. Yeah, great message, but I've heard it before. My prayer is that understanding that Jesus is alive makes it past lunchtime today. My hope and my prayer is that as the disciples and as Mary, that we proclaim, that we have to proclaim that Jesus is alive everywhere we go, that we have to go back to our family, that we have to go to our neighbors, that we have to go to our coworkers and our, and our classmates and say, guess who I experienced on Sunday? No, it wasn't the praise team. No, it wasn't the pastor. It was Jesus. He's alive. He's alive. I saw him, I heard him, I felt him, and I believe it. Church, have you seen Jesus? Have you heard Jesus? Have you felt Jesus? Because he is alive. Do you believe it? Let's pray. God, I believe that you are alive. I know that you are here with us today. May we go out changed, transformed by the power of your spirit, by the power of knowing that you are alive. Lord, may there be something inside of us that's burning that we cannot help but share with others that you are alive, not just for us, but for them. And whatever doubts that we have come in here with, God, I pray that we go out with answers of the truth. That we have seen you, that we have heard you, and that we have experienced you. For your glory, God, 
May we give you all the praise. In your heavenly name, amen. Thank you for opening the word to us today. Why don't you hug your neighbor? Don't you feel like your neighbor needs a hug right now? Go ahead. (laughs) I'm amazed at the way God does choose to reveal himself to us. Um, He uses vocal cords of a person. He uses the ink and paper in our scripture. He uses the hug or the handshake of our neighbor to reveal himself to us. Isn't that amazing? And yet, even in the midst of that, we sometimes miss it. Um, As we come to the table today, we want to begin with a little self-examination where we look into our own house and go, yeah, we have been like those disciples. We have doubted. And uh, sometimes that doubt has caused us not to see or hear or feel Jesus. So let's take a few moments just in silent reflection, looking into your own heart, and confess those ways that you have doubted and uh, bring those before the Lord. So let's pray together. God, we confess that we can be fickle as your followers, that uh, we do not always run back to the world and proclaim the good news that we know of a risen Savior, that sometimes we uh, cower and doubt and wonder if we've seen correctly. We confess that to you, God, as uh, lack of faith, as unbelief. And we claim your promise, your good news in Scripture that says, if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, God, we know that we can come to this table not based on our own goodness, but based on the goodness that you have given to us through the risen Lord and Savior, through our risen Lord and Savior. And so we pray that you will feed us and nourish us in this time. And we will thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the ways in which we see and feel and even taste Jesus is when we come to this table and we celebrate in his body broken and in his blood poured out for us. As we do that, we do three things. The first thing we do is we come in remembrance. We remember that Christ did die, that his body was broken and his blood was poured out. We remember that as we partake in these elements. And then we have communion with it. We abide with him. Just in the same way that a branch abides in a vine and draws life, we draw life by abiding with Jesus in this way. We draw life in a way unlike any other experience we have in the life of our faith. And then we also come in hope because we know that this little bread and this little cup is just a foretaste of a great feast that's coming one day when we finish our journey and sit down at the banquet table with Jesus and we see him face to face. We give this invitation to anyone who's here today. If you've come to the point in your life where you confess faith in Jesus Christ, you say, I believe in Jesus, I believe in the risen Savior, We'd like to invite you to partake in this meal with us. We're going to pass the tray and ask you to take a piece of bread and hold it till everyone's been served. In the middle of each tray are some gluten-free items. You can use those if you need to. And then we'll all partake of those things together. Then we'll pass the cups and hold those till we've all been served, and then we'll drink of the cup together. I'd like to invite the elders, if they'd come forward at this time, and prepare to serve us.